You're listening to episode 133 of the Product Boss Podcast, and I wanted to hop in here and share something about this upcoming episode that I found really interesting. Today we have on Christine Horonic, and she shares with us that she is an extreme introvert, and she would show up, she basically did a video every single day, so 365 videos, because she did it every day for a year. And before she would go on to video, she would script her video for two hours before then and then hop on. Being a fellow introvert, I love that she shared that because I found that it is easiest to show up in front of your customers when you are prepared. I also thought it was really interesting because Jacqueline actually did a poll on Instagram and she did a poll that was, are you an introvert? Or an extrovert, so introvert or extrovert. Well, 85% of the people that responded to that poll were introverts. And so I want to do a whole podcast episode on this. I'm going to convince Jacqueline, but I wanted to share that to tell you that you are not alone in wondering what you should say to your customers. And again, like I mentioned before, it's a whole lot easier when you are prepared. So Jacqueline and I put together this guide of prompts, inspiration, basically how to create a content plan, and we put that at a yearofcontent.com. We made it super cheap and super helpful, and we think that it will be so great to support you guys in really showing up for your customers and knowing what to say to them. So again, that is at a yearofcontent.com. I'll have that link in the show notes. And let's get into this podcast episode. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my beautiful co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sita. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. Um, Today, we're excited because we have a very special guest on the podcast for all of you. We are excited to introduce you to Christine Horanek of Gage Girl. Christine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me here, ladies. It's a pleasure. And it's also Gage Life. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your background so our listeners get to know you a bit more. Yeah. So um, I'm actually a chemical engineer by training, and I consider myself a food scientist. So I started my career as a chemical engineer. I studied at Drexel, have a bachelor's and master's there. And I worked as a classical chemical engineer for a very long time at DuPont. And I got to a point where I got very tired of the whole bureaucratic corporate world, corporate scene. It just 
<laughs> didn't, it didn't, I didn't fit. I didn't fit in. It moved too slow for me. And I took a risk in 2008 and branched off into the biotech field. And it was when I moved to the small company scene, that small company vibe that like I came to life. It was like, man, I don't have to ask my boss's boss's boss for permission. I could just run with things. And I felt free for the first time in my life. My my salary went through the roof during that time. I felt more empowered than I ever have in my life. And I discovered a, a passion to just execute and implement. And from there, I got into doing some consulting work as a chemist. I did a lot of product development. I did a lot of contract product development for companies, for manufacturers, for individuals, for entrepreneurs who just wanted to build and formulate products. I've built everything from nutraceuticals, cosmeceuticals, um, skin formulas, I mean, detergents, cleaners, I mean, you name it, I formulated it because it's all basic science. And at that point when I was doing that a lot, I got an offer to become a, an owning partner in a dietary supplement manufacturing company. I had two partners who were great at sales and marketing, but they knew nothing about manufacturing. And as a chemical engineer, that's my expertise. Chemical engineers take concepts, make them scalable and economical. And at that time, I built uh, an FDA manufacturing plant. So ordered all the equipment, um, implemented all of the practices, all the FDA guidelines, all the training, all the SOPs, all the, the boring stuff that you need to do to get a company up and running. Um, and from there, I was co-owner of a dietary supplement manufacturing for seven years. I probably formulated over a thousand products and we did a lot of private label manufacturing, manufacturing for other brands. Obviously I can't say who those brands were, but I can tell you guys that they were distributed on everywhere from bodybuilding.com, GNC, Whole Foods, all over the world. And it was such an awesome experience, but somewhere in that journey, I personally started drinking the Kool-Aid and got excited about the supplements, got excited about the science, and I always wanted to see how fit I could get myself, and I challenged myself, and then in 2012, I finally did my first fitness competition, and I just started organically sharing my progress on Instagram at the time. I had no goals to make money off of it. I just wanted to share my journey. And within a few months, everyone was asking me for advice. Like everyone was asking me for advice. And I literally had like 200 followers at the time. And I remember telling everyone, hey guys, I'll give you guys my meal and training plan for free. Just go follow me on Facebook. And 150 out of my 200 followers opted in. And it wasn't long after, then comes 2013, I decided, you know what? Let me monetize this. And it didn't take long, started getting clients. and then. By 2015, I was taking on 55 clients a month by myself as my side hustle. Still have my day job running this plant. And then come summer of 2015, I did a deal with Groupon. And oh my goodness, it changed my business. I, was, I went from 55 clients a month to 200 clients a day. I didn't know what to do. I was panicked, freaked out. And I had to hire. I had to get people. I got interns. Um, trained them up and scaled my business very quickly. It was messy. <laughs> it was very messy, but I got through it. And later that year, I just started getting all this attention. I had a very popular New York Times bestselling author um, do my program and she told everybody about it. 
And then at this point, when she was done, I, my business like literally 10 X through that experience. And at this time I'm like, okay, well, how do I sustain that? This was when I decided to get serious on YouTube. This was 2016. And again, I had like a thousand followers at the time and I would spend like 40 hours on a video and <laughs> the research, the filming, the editing. And I would be so mad because I'm like, where are my views? Where are my followers? Where, where's all the stuff that's supposed to happen? It just took me months and months and months and months of that consistent grinding on it until eventually I finally had a couple of videos go viral and then that changed everything. And then my, vi then my business 10 X again from there. And since then it's been all about improving processes, improving customer service, improving, improving the whole experience. And from there, <laughs> sorry guys, I don't mean to be. Well, let me ask you a question. When did you decide to launch into the product, the product side of your business? Once you went from service and you started building yourself in on social media, when did you decide to launch the product side? Um, literally just a few months ago. It literally happened just a few months ago because I used to be in the supplement business and Every single day, everyone kept asking me because I used to sell supplements under a different brand um, with uh, uh, business partners where a partnership has dissolved. And I, people just kept asking me every single day. Like the demand was there and I couldn't ignore it anymore. I just couldn't ignore it anymore. I said, this would be stupid for me to not. So I finally just went out on my own and made it happen. So you launched a product to a warm audience that you knew there was a need, right? So you were, you were somewhat selling something else or offering somebody else's product. And you saw that you too could actually create a product and sell it to your audience. Absolutely. Yep. Very cool. So would you tell us a little bit about your products? Yeah. So, um, Gage Life Nutrition Supplements, it's a natural high quality protein supplement line having worked in the supplement industry for my gosh like knee deep in it for 7 years the majority of the products are complete garbage and i know this because i've tested everyone's product in the lab the majority of them i'd say a solid two thirds of them don't hit their label claims i mean it's just it's been like the wild, wild west when it comes to dietary supplements and you don't know who you can trust. And it's just, it, it, it's a hot mess. And because of that, knowing that I know that if I'm going to be recommending a protein to my clients, I can't guarantee that that product is that macros that it says on the label, just because I, I know all the nonsense that happens. And for this reason, I wanted to make sure I was giving them the highest quality lab tested, no fillers, no artificial sweeteners. And um, and the thing is, so many people think that they're getting a better product because it's cheaper or it's got a pretty label or the label says that, but it's just, I, I, obviously I'm not going to be calling anybody out <laughs> on here, but it's just, I've seen too much and I don't trust anybody. And I, that sounds very whatever, but I just don't. I mean, that's kind of the way it has to go, right? Because, um, I mean, you're consuming this. So yeah. it is something where it's really important. You're doing it for your health. I'm super intrigued by it. You already have sold me. I haven't even, you know, seen the protein yet. <laughs> but it's something that I think people want in their life. Mm -hmm. And um, so you're, you're currently selling on Amazon, you said, and on your website? Yes, on Amazon and gagelife.com. Yep. Yeah, so on Amazon, the supplement world is like, 
super competitive, if not the most competitive category on Amazon. Have you been able to break through on there? How's it going on Amazon? It, it's funny you say that as far as breaking through because um, about two years ago, I had some eBooks on Amazon and I, I w- I've asked people if they bought them to please leave me a review. But the thing is, if it wasn't a verified review on Amazon, like they bought it off of my website, they could still leave a review. It was no problem. But now they meter it. Like you can't, even though it wasn't a verified review, you can't just leave a review. So basically long story short, it's a struggle. I have not even started to tap into figuring out how to crack Amazon yet. Right now I'm just introducing it to my audience, letting people know that it exists. But in 2020, that is definitely one of my goals to be way more strategic on figuring out how to crack Amazon and rank and what to do, so to speak. But yeah, uh, it's something I need to learn. So it's a platform that you've moved to. Um, yeah, it's really interesting, like Mina said, because Mina is an Amazon expert. Uh, okay. If you need help. <laughs> <laughs> I will be calling you. Um, but what, you know, one of the things that we've talked about and we talk about it with our masterminders and we talk about it with um, the people that are in our programs and our courses is that Amazon is flooded, right? And mm-hmm. and you can't just leave the review. So, and mm-hmm. if they know that your friends on Facebook or anywhere in the realm of knowing each other on the internet, they actually will not let your review oh, wow. post. So I can't even, my mother-in-law has a book on Amazon and I bought the book. I'm a verified purchase and I could not review it. They took it down. Oh. I once reviewed Mina's product on Amazon, but I signed in through my husband's. Right. We're not <laughs> Facebook friends. So it worked. It stayed on there. <laughs> to know. That's wild. Yeah. So, okay. So let's just, so you had this experience in manufacturing and you decided to bring a better product to market and you had built this audience. So you're selling right now then mainly on your own platform, right? To your own website. So what are you doing sort of day to day to keep bringing people back to your product? Are you still offering content, like valuable content as a trainer? Like what, what's your sort of content marketing plan that then reinforces them purchasing your product? couple things. I reiterate value through these little like sciency based infographics that I've been putting on my Instagram page for Gage Life Supplements, as opposed to just, I feel like a lot of supplement brands are very like, here's a hot chick holding a shaker cup. Look at her as opposed to like, what should you look for in a protein supplement? What are some healthy high protein breakfast ideas? Like just interesting stuff. So I do it that way. But the reality is the supplements are written into my meal plans and my clients trust me. Like they, they, I have literally like 700 videos. I put tons of free content out there. They know I'm not trying to lead them astray, (laughs) you know, and if they don't need my product, I'll tell them, look, you don't need this. You can accomplish this. I don't make anyone buy anything, but they just naturally want to. So let's talk about the the consumable goods. So you're making something like Mina had said before, that's going into our body. Mm-hmm. Um, what sort of, I know you have this, this background that a lot of us don't have, but what were some of the things that you had to go through to actually manufacture this product, like to physically make the formulation of it, how to find the right, the right team to help you build it out? Um, sort of that sort of how you built this company from the product perspective. It's a really good question, and I'm very fortunate um, in having taken products from concept to commercialization like millions of times before. So this was like very easy for me. 
But the first thing you want is you want to define your CTQs, which is what's critical to quality. What are the must haves in this product? And you need to know that for yourself before you even call up a manufacturer, before you waste anyone's time, you need to know what you want. So I know I wanted a clean product. I know I wanted it to be very simple. I know I didn't want to do a million different products and flavors and SKUs because I wanted to keep it simple. I didn't want to have a million different label sizes and different SKUs. So I kept it very simple, especially when something's new, I kept it simple. So I have three flavors on my protein, unflavored chocolate vanilla, and I have one collagen product, which is unflavored. And I felt that these are like the baseline foundational products that I wanted to test my market with. So the first thing that I did was I contacted a manufacturer. Now being in the supplement industry for a very long time, I already knew a lot of people. I already knew who I can trust. I already had cell phone numbers and relationships with people that I already knew I wanted to work with. So I already had a very credible manufacturer that I wanted to work with. After that, the next thing I did was I requested the dye line for the labels. Um, I knew what unit size I wanted. We picked the jar, we picked the packaging, and I went with stock packaging because I know sometimes new entrepreneurs, they want to get really, really fancy with the packaging and and they end up spending way more money going with custom colors and weird stuff when you can actually save a lot of money by just designing that into the label as opposed to going with like a special jar that's a special resin that you only need to order like by the truckload and then that manufacturer, you know, because people are trying to be different and I get that, but you also need to be smart too. So I knew what look I was going for. I wanted it to look clean. I wanted it to be simple. I wanted it to appeal to women because my audience is 90% women. And I spent more energy on making the label pretty as opposed to putting all kinds of crazy bells and whistles in the physical packaging piece. So from there, I got the dye line from the manufacturer and the dye line is an outlined file template with of dimensions that my designer needed to populate the label. From there, I went and purchased UPC codes. You can go to a website, purchase UPC codes. I actually purchased a bunch of them because I'm going, I reserved a bunch so I could, you know, use them for future products. Took my UPC codes, gave them to my designer, got the nutrition facts from the manufacturer of did a lot of back and forth taste testing until I finally approved the sample. Then from there, I had my designer do the label. Now the manufacturer approves the label, but because I've been in this industry for far too long, I don't, like I told you guys, I don't trust anybody. I had a regulatory FDA attorney review my label and everyone would tell you, don't waste the money, don't waste the money. But having from personal experience, having a $250,000 order returned to me from bodybuilding.com five, six years ago because there was something wrong on the label that wasn't FDA compliant. Because when you get into these bigger retailers, they don't play. It's your responsibility. It doesn't matter if your manufacturer told you something. It's your responsibility. It's your name on the label. So I contacted a regulatory attorney and they ripped the label apart. <laughs> because like the thing is, I used to review labels for people, but I haven't been in the game in a while, so there might be a new law I don't know about. And I refuse to take that risk. I refuse to take that risk. So, and then obviously I was disappointed that the manufacturer didn't know that. But again, whose responsibility is at the end of the day, it's yours. You can't blame anybody but yourself. 
So got through that, spent more money than I preferred to spend, but, you know, got through all of it. And the first order is always 10 times longer than you think it's going to be. So if you have some kind of goal date, you do not tell anyone. I would never recommend any entrepreneur to tell their customer their launch date until the product is physically in your warehouse or if you, you physically have, cause there's always manufacturing delays and you're going to look like it. You're going to look dumb. Um, you're just going to look dumb because stuff always happens, but yeah. So, so talking about your launch date, I saw that on your Instagram, mm-hmm. um, for your, for the supplements for the mm-hmm. gauged girl life supplements that before you actually launched your product, you were actually putting content up prior to the product being ready. So you were how are you transitioning people from your following? Cause you have a following of about 93,000 people as of the time of the recording on your, your nutritionist page. And then you had to transition them from that to start following your product. And mm-hmm. you probably needed to warm them up with some of those, um, you know, some of the posts that you put up there. So mm-hmm. how was that transition, like pulling them over and then that pre-launch on your Instagram where you were putting out content before you actually had a product to sell them? Yeah. So it's interesting. I have probably like 10 different Instagram pages. Not all of them are like public to my brand. I used to have this one page called Gage Girl Meal Prep that um, I just kind of fostered on the side and I'd put quotes and I'd literally just put meal prep, but I kind of stopped using it for a while and it became obsolete. And, but it had over 10,000 followers. And as you guys know, once you're over 10,000 followers on Instagram, you get the swipe up function in the stories. So what I did was I deleted all of the content on that page. I kept the quotes, repurposed and renamed that page, and then started adding the coming soon, all that kind of stuff, started getting my audience excited, but I didn't give them a launch date yet until I absolutely had one and you know let them know there was a big reveal. Because the thing is, you want to kind of keep it under wraps for a little bit, but at the same time, you still have to hype them up and warm them up to it if you want people to buy it. So, um, I think it went pretty well. Uh, My expectations were very low. So, I mean, my clients really showed up for me and really like exceeded my expectations. So, um, especially it was a very slow time of year. It was like the middle of summer in hindsight, if I could go back in time, I would have launched it at a different time of year. Um, maybe like in a, in a January or maybe in that, like maybe even March, April, where people are trying to get that summer body because at that point in summer, I launched it like late August people are like, summer body's done. <laughs> it's, not, it's not happening. The nice thing about that though, is that it was kind of a soft launch. You could yeah, go exactly. into launch yet again, um, knowing exactly. the holes of where you're at. So would you say that you leaned more t- into Instagram or your YouTube following or, or where, where did you lean more so into? I actually leaned the most into my private Facebook group. I have a private Facebook group for all paying clients. So anyone who's bought a plan from me as an active customer, um, they have to enter their order number. And it's not a big group. It's like, it's over 6,000, maybe 6,100, but those are all like active. It's a very hot group uh-huh. in there. And um, any t- it's a great incubator for any new launches because, you know, you don't really need that many people buying your stuff to show some serious numbers if you have like a, a really small group of hot cost customers. So how do you nurture those customers in your Facebook group? Do you go live in there? How, like what kind of schedule are you on for your Facebook group? It's actually sporadic. <laughs> it's sporadic. Okay. It's, but I get in there. I have some motivational chats with them. It's 
a really just great community. It just runs itself. Everybody wants to talk to each other and it just, I have a lot of good moderators. I just, I'm very grateful to have such a good community because I don't have to do as much as I used to in the beginning to foster it. It, it kind of fosters itself. Obviously I jump in there a couple of times a week and, and just talk to them. It could be anything. I'm not always pushing a product on them. It's sometimes it's just a chat. Um, sometimes it's just, motivational thoughts. Sometimes it's like, Hey guys, something cool happened. And I feel like they appreciate just knowing you on a more intimate level. Obviously I keep my personal life and business life separate, but you know, a little bit of behind the scenes, what, what's she cooking, what's she eating, what, you know, what you're doing, that type of stuff. And would you say, so when we think about conversion and, and a warm audience, so you have your YouTube channel, you have Instagram and you have your private Facebook group. So would Mm -hmm. you say, which one is the most engaged? Is it the Facebook group then? I'd say they're the most engaged, but what my website tells me on Shopify based off of conversions is Instagram because in Instagram, with the DM feature, I can convert people like right away, talk to them, ask them a few questions, send them a link and then boom, they, they purchase. Oh, and that's great. Yeah. So Instagram is actually my highest converting audience right now. In but stories or the feed or IGTV? Probably a combination of both, but I would say stories. I would okay. say stories. I get the most conversions because people DM me all the time. I literally get a minimum of like a hundred DMs a day. Minimum. What do they ask you? Yeah. Anything. What, what plan should I be doing? I, I watched your video it's, and it's crazy because a lot of times they'll find me on YouTube, then they'll follow me on Instagram. So like, I feel like YouTube is this big net that like I, I cast. And mm-hmm. the interesting thing is a lot of people tell me, Hey, Christine, I've been following you for two years and I, I've never bought anything. And then they finally, because the thing is the types of programs I offer like you can know about it, but a woman or a man, but most of my clients are, are women, have to be good and ready to commit to this. Do you know what I mean? And just mm-hmm. because you watch my video, it doesn't mean you're going to buy something from me now. But when you're at that place in your life where you're like, you know what, I got to get it together. I remember, you know, those resources that I saw were available. Hey, I, I think I'd like her to coach me or, hey, you know what, let me get in on that. Because the nice thing about Instagram, it's so visual. Um, I also have another page on there, which is my transformation page, GGT underscore transformations. And that has like 15,000 followers. But what I love about that is people see themselves in somebody else's before picture. And Mm -hmm. that just helps them out so much because they're like, that one looks like me. Like, and I've been on your page. I have not found me yet on there. (laughs) Just kidding. No. Um, So what I think what you're saying though, is that what, the DMS, for example, and where you're getting these sales is it's, it really goes back to the engagement. So as much as people are just posting and posting and posting so much of it is that engagement, right? So you're in your stories, you're talking to them, they feel like they can respond. And the only way people can respond to you in your, when you're on a story is that they will comment, which ends up a DM and that you're taking the time to respond to them and you ask for that sale or you offer them advice. So I think that as product entrepreneurs using these social media platforms as tools to communicate directly with your customers. Yeah. It feels like one person at a time over a hundred people a day, but if you can convert that 
as you're starting that snowball of your business, if you can convert, you know, 30 of the hundred, I mean, people would love to have 30 sales a day or 10 sales a day mm-hmm. as they're starting. So just remember that it's that dialogue that you're having with your followers to turn them into engaged customers. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it took me a long time to get to that point. Um, I actually got started on this whole thing in late 2015. You guys remember Periscope? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember that, but I used to be terrified of Periscope. And when I had this um, really popular author doing my program, she told everyone about it on Periscope, and every day she scoped about it. And I was so scared because I'm like, you mean I just got to pop on here and talk to people? I didn't know what to say. So she shouted me out one day, and there were 372 people watching me, and I was so scared. But what I did was for the next two months, I literally wrote myself a script of everything I was going to say on my live broadcast. I took two hours out of my day every day for two months to write a script. And it sounds a little like overkill, but for me, I just needed to be planned out so I could feel calm. But then from there, I did 365 scopes, one scope a day, every single day for one year. And that changed my business. I consistently showed up. I consistently talked to them. I knew everybody by name. And the thing is, I didn't even worry about the sales. Like they just came. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't, I, I was never pressed. I was never stressed. It like, because I built a relationship with my community. Right. And it, it's, they're already warm. And a lot of times it's like the law of reciprocity, right? You're giving them value. So they're like, Hey, how can we help you? Oh, you have a supplement or you have this product. I would love to support you. And, and at that point you've already established your expertise and your value in a way. And so they're, they're more than willing to give. That's just human nature too. Yeah, I feel like when some people start looking at it, very tit for tat, like that's not the way to go about it. I would just provide value, 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 Mm -hmm. and just, you know, become a resource, become like, you know what, like she's right. Or you know what, she knows what she's talking about. Like, and it always, it's never failed me once. It's never failed me once. I've, I've had epic sales, but like, like I said, I never feel like, I never feel like I'm, I don't know, pressed, if that makes sense. Do you buy from any brands on Instagram or does it reinforce for you? What do you mean? Like reinforce the brand for you, but because I haven't really started purchasing off Instagram yet, like shoppable posts. I'm more of like, okay, I'm reinforced and reinforced. And then because of, I think our age, Mina and myself, like we still go to the website, search the site. We're not necessarily. I really don't. Unfortunately, that sounds really bad, but unfortunately I personally do not. And this is going to sound bad, but like as an influencer, I get so much stuff for free. Like I'm not even like I get all kinds. You don't of, need to buy anything. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. The only things I really buy are like. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. I'm just curious because sometimes it's interesting to see who people follow. Like if there are brands that you've done. So, um, we have a lot of products that come through our feed because we are the product boss. But I will say, like, there's a CBD oil company that I know, and she's really good of like, she's always showing up. She's always doing stories. Angie? She's showing us behind the scenes. What? Angie? No, it's Rosebud CBD. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. But for example, like I've been watching her stories and it's sort of like how she's packaging things. And then she'll go and she'll start to talk about, you know, we're getting these questions and what's the difference between this product, this product, and this product. And she's just going all the time on her stories. And it really reinforced, um, 
And now we have another client that is a CBD company and it's not to say that I'm not buying from her if she's listening, but I did decide to try out this, this one because of the way she was speaking and showing up in my feed. Because she has chocolate too. It's chocolate. Oh yes. And I did buy a dark chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) But I think what's interesting here, and I think the listeners could take note of this, is that the key difference and the fastest way to get somebody to buy from you to warm up your audience is to show up in person as yourself. And you did it as with a script because it doesn't come naturally to all of us. And, you know, I think that people, we get a lot of pushback when people were like, people buy from people and the story of the entrepreneur is what is going to sell quicker on a social media platform like Instagram that has now turned into a shopping platform. Right. And so just get yourself to do it. You took two hours of your day every day to show up in Periscope. You know, it was definitely worth it. When you look back at Periscope, it's gone now, right? Yeah, it is. To say those efforts are wasted. (laughs) It's actually not though, because it got me out of my shell. Right. It was practice. It was practice because when you're on the live stream, I'm sure you guys have done this. When those questions are coming at you and you're trying to keep your train of thought and talk, but then someone's like, it does take practice to get used to that form of communication where you can keep your train of thought, still acknowledge the questions, address them if and when you decide to. But um, it's been a game changer. And then at that point, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to spend this much energy on Periscope, I might as well film these for YouTube. And mm. that's what I started to do on YouTube. But one thing I've been doing recently is I've been using YouTube Live. And I get a lot more live people on my YouTube lives than I do on Instagram live because I have a bigger platform on YouTube. So I've been playing with that and, and in, YouTube has stories now too. Yeah. yeah I saw that. I've been watching Ryan's toy review with my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think, and the thing is, is an, and I think another takeaway out of this is leaning into where you are. So your video has worked really well for you. Um, and you were on one platform that warmed you up to YouTube and still you're doing, you lean into your stories and video as well. And your, and your customers or your followers or your, your clients are used to seeing you mm-hmm. in that. And I think just leaning into speaking always, and, and people sometimes feel like they have to talk about all this new stuff, but it's like finding those few stories that you constantly are repeating to people. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, I'm sure it's like body transformation mm-hmm. and health. And like, like you talk a lot about keto or mm-hmm. making sure that all of the nutrients are in there that you need. So um, making sure that people find those stories, you know, three to five stories that they lean into always. And whatever platform you're choosing to be on, and but you you are also engaging, so it's not just speaking at people, but it's an engaging dialogue conversa- conversation. Absolutely, and a lot of things. Other people, I would encourage them to use if they're not already. There's so many stickers and functions and questions and polls. Like use them. You know, yeah. if I just post a picture of something versus, hey, who feels like they need to lose fat by the end of this year, or hey would you eat this meal or, you know, just asking them questions and talking to them. They love it. They love it. Right. Yeah. Those engagement tools. I wanted to take a quick minute to explain funnels to the audience really quick, because I think this is imperative for when we're talking, it doesn't take just video. So it takes two way engagement to get a conversion. That means a sale, right? That's why we're seeing DMs work. That's probably why we're not seeing 
too much conversion in YouTube because it's the top of the funnel. It's where people are falling in. For us, it's the podcast. It's one way, right? YouTube, podcast, one way. As you get further down into the funnel, which is getting close to conversion, you're starting to get to two-way. And that Mm -hmm. is the DMs. That is pushing somebody to your website. That is pushing somebody to um, Amazon. So you you have to get them to a two-way in order to a conversation, a dialogue in order to get them to convert. And then there's the call to action. Mm. Hey, go check out my product on Amazon if you want it in two days. Hey, go check out the website. There's a special deal on there. Or in your case, it actually is pushing them to the two-way conversation first. On YouTube, you push them to Instagram or your Facebook group and they can engage with you two-way. So I want to explain that because I think people get really tripped up, especially product people on funnels, but that's how the way it works. So they can actually have access to you. And that's exactly what you're doing uh, with Instagram DMs and what you did with Periscope too, because it was super easy access to you, you know, mm-hmm. just like on lives as you're doing lives in your Facebook group. So it's very genius. You have a natural ability about you to speak too. Um, but I think it probably took you a minute to get your own voice going, right? Forever. I'm so naturally introverted, you guys. I'm a, I'm an only child. Like it does every time I've, even before this little podcast here, I had like this mini panic attack. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very high strung. And the thing is I get over it. But I feel like anybody who's uncomfortable with that stuff, like, dude, just get over it. You know, it's it's the tool to opening up the world to what you have to offer. And if you truly believe in your product, I know people need my product. I didn't do this because I wanted to make money. I did this because I know they need this product out there because I can't trust anyone else. I can't trust that if I'm going to recommend them to this, that I know for a fact they're going to get the results that they want because I don't know what's in that product. And I just think it's so important to just get over yourself and focus on them as opposed to getting so in your own head. If yeah, that makes sense. 100%. From an extrovert who has a partner that's an introvert, <laughs> I had to push her. Every day, every day. Mina, like, well, the podcast, I mean, this is not, Mina was raised to not speak. That was literally part of her culture was you are not heard. And now look at her. Right. We were taught even not to laugh out loud. Like when you laugh, you laugh silently. (laughs) So to even speak or even to understand how to speak, to speak on something was really difficult, but all it took was practice. I'm very much of the same, um, you know, kind of, uh, work at it, you know, kind of the same routine of you that, you know, you just need to work at it. If you need to script yourself, just do it. What do I need to get me there? Um, a lot of the times it was speaking to Jacqueline, right? And then it was speaking to the masterminders. Then it's speaking to the podcast. Actually, the podcast came first because it's easy when there's no, you you know, it's like one-sided only. So it's just, it just takes a little bit to pan out. That's awesome. That That's yeah. a great story. Thank you for sharing that. That's really yeah. Cool. And I think for the two, I think also just both of you in, in that relation is that, you know, whether you're losing five pounds, the steps you have to take or 10 pounds, the steps you have to take and you have to make changes. And I think it's the same with finding your voice that, um, it's one step at a time and you work on it and you do what makes you feel comfortable and you'll get more and more comfortable. The more you show up and do it, you'll hit that progress. So Christine, we always like to wrap episodes with asking some fun questions. Yeah, let's do it. Like rapid fire questions or so we get to know you just a little bit more. So let's see if you actually, if this is something for you. So what is your coffee order? Tall blonde in a grande cup. And I have them 
cut the rest of it with water, hot water. I was going to say, you might've been like, I don't drink coffee. So I'm glad. I thought you were going to say mushroom. You know how that like, mushroom coffee is in right now. <laughs> I, I, that's what I order at Starbucks at home. I do the same thing, but I put collagen in it, but I've been drinking my coffee black, but black coffee is just way too strong for me. So I cut it with hot water because Smart. it's a deal you went effect. But Yeah. Great. Okay. So what is the favorite thing on your desk? Hmm. My dry erase markers. Cool. <laughs> Finish no the sentence. I know. <laughs> Finish the sentence. When I pick up my phone, I. Hmm. Sometimes I want. Like I, I get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed because it it's like binging all the time. So I get overwhelmed. I'll be honest. You just yeah, that's a good one. Um. And then, do you you wish you knew how to? Hmm. I wish I knew how to chill out more readily. Like I'm, I'm very like up here all the time and I wish I could just turn the switch to take it down here. When I, I mean, you're a biochemist. Yeah. You need to be at that level. <laughs> like I just, cause like I'm so on and it's good, but like it's good and bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need a separate phone for your Instagram account. I think I, I, no joke. I think I'm ready to get a second phone. I'm not even kidding. We get to turn off Instagram. I mean, some people are like, I wish my phone was dinging, but yeah, it's a lot of people to respond to when you have that, um, follow through. It's a blessing. Don't get me wrong. You you want that. But at the same time, like I show, like I said, I show up every day for it. So yeah, it's amazing. Um, so what was the last show you binge watched? Oh, Breaking Bad. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, the was... meth chemist. Oh, I freaking love him. <laughs> what? Yeah, there's it's a, a con- great, it's so captivating that series is. Oh, and I think there's a continuation movie right now um, really? with Jesse, with the kid. Yeah, I think it might be oh, on Netflix. Gosh. Don't quote it, me on that. It, it took me by surprise. I, I was intrigued by the science and I, oh my goodness. <laughs> Next lifetime. <laughs> what should the title in your email signature actually say? Mm-mm-mm-mm. I don't know. I would say that's a tough one. I'll have to pass on that one. That's okay. Yeah. You're like, I don't, I don't email. I DM. <laughs> um, I do. I tell everyone to, to, to DM me or, or text me. That's what we moved to. We were like, do you have a business card? We're like, can you DM us? Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have an alter ego or a stage persona? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does she have a name? I kind of like take after that whole Beyonce, Sasha Fierce vibe, but I have a, I have a first name for my alter ego and I've never told this to anybody. This is a crazy question. My alter ego's first name is Eva. Ooh, you look like an Eva. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I do too. So you, so when you were in the bodybuilding competitions, it was on stage, right? I mean, I'm thinking you probably had to tap into Eva for that. Yes, absolutely. I would like Eva is like Angelina Jolie meets Beyonce meets Olivia Pope. Ooh, so good. I think we all need an Eva in our (laughs) (laughs) life. All right, Mina, you're next. So, uh, what is your most used and your favorite emoji? Oh, goodness. I turned my phone off. Probably the. The hands up, the this one. Yeah. Oh, high ten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it is. I'm not hundred percent. I'm always like, I think it's like amen or like yes, like that's what I think it is. Hey. Yeah. 
And uh, so last question, we very much believe entrepreneur years are like dog years. You learn a lot very quickly. What would you say to baby Christine if you could go back and give some advice now that you're further along in your entrepreneurial journey? Take more risks. Yeah? More risks. Wow. Okay. I like it. Amazing. So let our listeners know how they can connect with you and how they can buy your supplements. Awesome. So if you guys have any questions, you guys can DM me over on Instagram at Gage Girl Training, G-A-U-G-E-G-I-R-L Training. Um, You guys can purchase my products on gagelife.com, G-A-U-G-E life.com. But if you want to learn more about nutrition, science, health, motivation, mindset, your body type, anything about how to eat, check out my YouTube channel, Gage Girl Training. There is just a wealth of knowledge. I have free meal plans on there, all kinds of goodies, just tons of content, tons of value. Don't miss out on all of that. Thank you. Love it. And if you guys find her on on Amazon, make sure you leave a review. (laughs) Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Product Bosses, let's make it happen.